In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. That come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. The NFL kicks off in less than 48 hours tonight on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. We are talking injury pivots, waiver wires, and NFL future bets. Tonight, to do that, guys, we have a very special cast for you. We have chef, real estate agent, father, husband, and fantasy football analyst, Nathan Polvote. And he's also joined by construction manager by day, viral tweeter by night, <laughs> Scott Reinier. Gentlemen, how are we doing? It is week one, baby. I'm excited, man. I'm super excited. People have been tweeting it all day. Like, it's finally, we're done with the takes. We're done with the projections. We're, you know, it's time to figure out who we're going to start, figure out who we're going to sit. Figure out who we're going to pick up on waivers. It's what we all love to do. It's been a long off season, and I'm just I'm really excited for the stats to start piling up. Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. It has been a long off season, and as three people who wrote dynasty content for most of the off season, it kind of went to your whistle. But there's nothing like real football and getting into redraft season. I am just ready to go. Like I'm ready to write about things that are actually happening, not guessing. Like, let's go. It's time. It's football season. I mean, so much is on the line this year, guys, not just for us as fantasy analysts, for as fantasy managers, betters, um, but also just these NFL teams, man. This was a wild, wild offseason, enormous trades, controversy around every corner, whether it's Steven Ross, Deshaun Watson, um, and any everything that happened. You know, it was absolutely an, in, an incredible offseason, but we are now here. We are now here with football. And uh, guys, before we get started tonight, again, we're going to go through injury pivots, waivers, and NFL futures. We just kind of want to let you know what's going on here at the site this time of year. Um, we have a chalked full schedule. We are back to seven days a week content. Um, you can check that out on our Twitter, on our Facebook, Instagram. We posted our weekly schedule. We are chalked full. Um, not only do we have this fantasy football podcast live stream on Tuesday nights, we are also going to be back with you at 1.30 p.m. on Friday afternoons. Nate and I, we're going to have a variety of guests. It's going to be quick pace. We're going to talk Thursday night football. We're going to talk more injuries. We're going to talk weekly start sits. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We already got some really great guests lined up. So, Nate, I'm absolutely thrilled to be back with you two days a week on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast moving forward here, my friend. Yeah, I'm stoked for that day slot. We're going to be able to get a lot of information out quickly. A little bit different format than we've done before. It's going to be a good time, though. We've got some great guests lined up that I'm very excited for. Um, hopefully, we've got a few more coming on. We're working on it. but It's going to be great. And it's going to be great information for setting your lineups on Saturday and Sunday. 
Yeah, and guys, a reminder, you can catch us here on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast Tuesday nights. Scott will be with us on Tuesday nights, or Jen, Nate's wife. They rotate back and forth. So you see Scott this week, week two, Jen will be with us. If this is your first time tuning into the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Um, we have not just this show. We just mentioned our Friday show as well. And then on Sunday mornings as well, Connor Coughlin and I, we have Bo McBrayer, Kelly's going to be popping in. Um, we're going to be doing the tailgate, not just DFS this year. We're also doing some betting advice to help you guys make the most of this season. So guys, I'm super thrilled with everything we have coming down the pipeline at IBT, but we have a loaded jam-packed show. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. All right, before we jump into front and center, just want to give a shout out to the IBT family. We got some uh, some loyalists in here. Albert, Brad, appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. Everyone else as well. Um, but guys, we want to give you quick information here. What should you be doing with this news? Because it might change in a couple of days. We're not 100% sure, but we do want to give you some actionable advice. And let's start in Green Bay. Alan Lazard, his status for week one is officially up in the air. This kind of came out of nowhere, fellas. Um, everything looked pretty good for Alan Lazard to slot in as the Packers' number one wide receiver. Not so fast, we're hearing now. Scott, how do you take this news, and do you have any pivot plays, whether that's on the Packers or somewhere else um, in the NFL? Well, I'll start with, I mean, me personally – I hope this isn't necessarily a big problem for you on your fantasy team. And that's because personally I have Alan Lazard as a wide receiver three in my rankings. So not a, not necessarily a surefire starter, but I know there were plenty of drafts where he was taken. I mean, it's, it's appealing number one receiver with Aaron Rodgers. So I imagine this is going to hurt quite a few teams. Um, I'm not super comfortable pivoting to another receiver on the Packers, both Watkins um, and Dobbs are kind of, they're very risky. They're both wait and see for me. Um, see what happens. See how this wide receiver pecking order shakes out. Um, so I'm probably trying to pivot elsewhere. Um, you know, I have a I have a rookie wide receiver coming up later that I'll talk more about at that time. Yep. Yep. It could potentially be a pivot point. Um you know, it's it really just depends on the size of your league and, the, and, you know, how scoured your waiver wire is. But I'm probably at least starting by looking elsewhere away from the Packers. Nate, what does this do for Aaron Jones and your confidence in him as well as A.J. Dillon? Obviously, they're probably in your lineups already, but does this give you more confidence knowing that even if the Lazard's out there, he might not be 100%? Of course, obviously, you're taking away one dynamic option from a dynamic quarterback. We've seen A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both get receiving work. I think they probably get a slight bump if Lazard isn't 100%. But the thing that we're not talking about is, first of all, it's week one, Sammy Watkins. It's week yeah. one. Why couldn't he pop off? Why couldn't he be a one-week waiver wire ad? I think his roster ship is very low. But two, don't forget that Randall Cobb is on this team and is an old favorite of Aaron Rodgers. 
and don't think that in a pinch he won't go to Cobb because he doesn't have Devontae Adams or Alan yeah. Lazard. It, it it sounds like to me, you know, kind of hearing both of this from, from you guys is that maybe there isn't a clear option here in the Packers receiving room. And this early in the season, you probably have a better option That's, elsewhere. Absolutely. Maybe, you know, maybe consider throwing out like an anytime touchdown score on someone like Sammy Watkins, Nate saying possibly if you're going to be doing some betting this yeah. weekend. So something to consider. There's probably some value out there in the betting scene. But as far as fantasy football lineups go for week one, um, if Alan Lazard's out, it sounds like we're out on the Packers offense, um, at least their receivers here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You brought up a very good point. Like in week one, you shouldn't. I mean having to pivot to somebody like Cobb or Watkins is more of like a mid season type move. I would think where you're that stuck. Right. Yes. I mean, so, some people that came to my mind while Nate was talking is, you know, if, if you drafted like a sky Moore or a George Pickens who you're not really sure you want to start over someone like Lazard. Well, now that Liz, if Lazard's out, I would, I would be fine throwing one of those guys in there just, you know, yep. with the, with the high upside, um, immense talent with Pickens chiefs offense with, with sky Moore. those would be two names I would consider, but you likely have somebody on your bench that you can throw in there after having just drafted your team. Okay. Fair enough, gentlemen. Let's move forward here. Some good injury news for the Falcons. Drake London, he returned to practice earlier this week. Um, he's been banged up throughout the preseason. My advice for Drake London guys, it's pretty simple. I'm got to bench him here in week one. He's going up against Marcus Lattimore in a tough Saints matchup here. Unless I'm in a pinch, I don't think I want to put London in here in week one. Nate, are you opposed to that decision? No, I I wouldn't have been anyway. <clears throat> there's still there's too much unknown in Atlanta, and it's really hard to really want to be a part of this receiving core for any reason, whether that's fantasy or prop bets, anything. I don't. I it, there's just so much I'm unsure about with this team. We don't know what Marcus Mariota is going to be. We don't know how good this line is going to be. We don't even know who the running back is going to be, really. We yeah. know we've got Algier. We know we've got Cordell Patterson, but who's it going to be? There's too much uncertainty in Atlanta to really be able to trust them in any facet. Probably the only people in my lineups this week, and Scott, I know you're, you are you got to start Kyle Pitts because you've obviously invested in him heavily. Um, Cordell Patterson someone that I probably, if I have to, I'll throw out in some deeper league lineups as well. Um, but Nate, I think that's good advice in general. We should probably be staying away from Atlanta this week. Except for Kyle Pitts, but I mean, that's kind of a given. You're going to start yeah. Kyle Pitts. With where you drafted him, you're starting him every week. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I see it, 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 again, it depends, you know, I mean, where Drake Lindemann is going in drafts, you know, if you went heavy RB, he could be your wide receiver too. You know, if you, waited on, if you waited on wide receiver, if you're looking at potentially starting him in your flex, I'm probably shying away. And I, it's for me, it's a little bit more based on the matchup. His first game as a rookie, yeah. But for me, like there is well, a lot yeah. of uncertainty in Atlanta. But I think there are two things that are fairly certain: if when London are, and Pitts are healthy, they are going to dominate the target volume. So I don't, I don't, I don't really think that's an unknown. I mean, what Drake London will do with it, how successful he'll be, that's you know, I, obviously that's still a question. You know, you right. Could put and that's more what I'm speaking to. I know the volume's yeah. going to be there. It's what he can do with it, but. All right, guys. Well, some other positive injury news for us as well. Jalen Waddle, he's returning to practice. And I think this is a surefire start. Obviously, if you drafted him, you're likely playing him. But I think you should have some confidence, even though he's coming off that injury. He's going up against the New England Patriots here in week one. No JC Jackson in that Patriots cornerback room for the first time in a while. 
Um, he's likely going to see Jonathan Jones, a cornerback who's been around New England for a long time, but coming off a pretty serious injury last season. So with Jones just coming back off injury himself, I'm full send on Jalen Waddle here. He's a top 24 play for me. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Waddle has to be a top 24 play in this offense because you know he's going to see volume even with Tyreek Hill there. I mean, that's just kind of like end of story. They have no really running game. So, Yeah, and I mean, the Dolphins notoriously, at least recently, give the Patriots fits. And so, yes, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I, I mentioned it, I think, last podcast, like based on the projections I've done for fantasy matchups this year, taking into consideration all the different factors, I'm not really that worried or scared of the Patriots defense as I would have been in the past especially for the passing game. Um, You know, they've been fairly generous to the running game more so than the passing game the last few years, but I'm just, I'm not as, I mean, they're not like the worst team in the league, but they're not just this like, Oh, sit everyone against the Patriots this year for me. So Waddles, Waddles a no brainer start. And with everything we've seen thus far um, from the New England offense in the preseason, they could have some extra possessions due to the Patriots stalling out. We don't even know who's calling plays really there in New England quite yet. So, uh, you know, Dolphins might be an attractive one to bet bet the money line here in week one as well. I'd take that bet. I probably will take that bet. (laughs) Next headline here, Chris Godwin. He shed his knee brace this week. For me, guys, it's simple. If Chris Godwin goes, he goes in my lineup here for me in week one. I know he's coming off the ACL. We know what our guy Deepak has been saying about players coming off the ACL in you know early in their uh, seasons. However, this is a game I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of the Cowboys' revenge game against the Buccaneers from week one last year. This is going to be a high point total. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and Godwin's going to see some type of volume if he's in it. Yeah, I mean, you. of course he's going to see some volume. I, I had When I read this on the show sheet, Godwin sheds knee brace, I had this image in my head of Forrest Gump and he's a kid <laughs> shedding those knee braces. It's like, okay, all right, I love him. I'm really – I think that Godwin's going to be impactful. He's younger. We've seen him come back from injuries quickly in the past. He might be a little slow out of the gate, but what, who's going to take targets from him? Russell Gage? Like, we know who Brady's going to throw to. And Brady's a different kind of quarterback. He elevates players even when they're hurt. So Godwin's a smash for me. I mean, that's it's not even a question. So for me, I mean, I agree for the most part, but the only the only reason why you could have an out if you're concerned, you know, because everybody thought he was going to start the season on the pup. He didn't. And then there was some talk about, well, they didn't put him on the pup because they want to have him available before those four weeks are up. Correct. He might, might not be 100% in week one. And the only reason that you could get away with benching him in week one is because of what where his cost was in drafts. I picked up Godwin wherever I possibly could because of how late he was going because of this injury concern. So what I mean by that is, you know, week one, the guy you draft as your wide receiver one or two, you know, you shouldn't consider sitting them ever. But Godwin could be your wide receiver three. Yep. So I'm yep. just saying if you do have better options and you're concerned about that injury, um, you can get away with it. I personally am in, in the same uh, mindset as Nate. Um, oh, thank you, Brad. Um, same mindset as Nate. Uh, I'm rolling him out there. Okay. Last one here on the injury front for you guys. James Robinson, likely active for week one. He's coming off the Achilles tear. Scott, you were pretty vocal about your opinion in the group message earlier when we kind of talked about this news. Are you interested in him at all? Are you leaving him on the bench? 
And then, Nate, I would love to hear your opinion on Travis Etienne because I know we've all kind of gone back and forth on what we think of him as well. Yeah, so for me, and this, this, you know, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the, you know, I'm higher on the ETN side, I think, compared to most of us here. But for me, this doesn't really have all that much to do with the ETN. I'm not touching James Robinson in week one. Um, I have no idea what his role is going to be. Um, he's coming off an Achilles. You know, our most recent example of something com- someone coming back early from an Achilles injury was Cam Akers, you know, and his first few games back, he was not very good. Um, you know, and then you add to that, it's not like they just have scrubs to play if Robinson isn't a full go. They have Travis Etienne, you know, so I'm not, there's no way I'm starting James Robinson week one. Okay. Nate, are you concerned at all with Etienne? Are you still rolling him out there as an RB2 this week? I mean, as an RB2, yeah, I'm fine with it. I really don't think that we're going to see much of James Robinson. It doesn't make sense, man. I mean, like, the guy's ancient, right? He's like 24 years old now. (laughs) Right. It takes forever to heal from an Achilles at that age when you've gotten so old. But, like, really, why would they roll him out when they've got Etienne? They they can take their time with him. It's not that he's going to be a non-entity with Etienne in this offense. But I'm also concerned about Etienne because we forget he's coming off of Liz Frank surgery. That is not an easy recovery. And he's looked decent in practice. We haven't seen a lot of live action in games. And when he's healthy, I love Etienne, because, especially because of the matchup with Trevor Lawrence. Like, who doesn't love that? They know each other from college. It's good for Lawrence. I just don't think he's 100% until like week four or five, probably about the same time that we see James Robinson getting closer to maybe like 85 to 90% and this offense will start to click until then I'm cautious, but is a RB2 all rolling out? I, I think you're a little low on ETN Nate. And I think specifically I'm looking here at the matchup. And again, this is a different Washington defense than we saw last season. However, this defense did give up the most receiving touchdowns to running backs last year. Um, so I, I, I think maybe ETN can find his way into pay dirt here in his uh, in his regular season debut. I also like his anytime touchdown score plus two twenty right now. Um, ETN uh, against this Washington football team, or excuse me, the Commanders now. Excuse me, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit with Scott. I think I'm a little higher on ETN, but I, I think it's a uh, it, it's not wheels up for James Robinson quite yet. I think we're gonna wait and see. We should probably have better options here in Week One. Oh, you really better. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move forward, though, to our next segment of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about NFL future bets. And if you're not into betting, um, don't worry. This can also apply to fantasy football, whether you still have some drafts going or whether you're just looking for some guys out on the waiver wire as well. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into headline hijinks. Who is going to the Super Bowl? Who will be the two teams slugging it out in February this season? Nate, last year you uh, we, we did this right before the playoffs. You called the Bengals. You know you had you liked them. You took the favorites. You took the long odds on them. Um, so, so good on you for that. What do you have this time around? What is your headline heading into the season for who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and possibly win it? So the headline's going to be mile high on the Broncos because the Broncos are going to and winning the Super Bowl. 
And here's why. Russell Wilson is about to have a career season. Do you remember Peyton Manning's first season in Denver? Yes, 55 sir. 55 touchdowns? Because yes, that sir. ball flies when you're playing your home games. I remember high. his first season in Denver. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I remember that Super Bowl. No, no, that wasn't his first season in Denver. That was his second season. Oh, okay. Well, his I first season in Denver, he lost to Joe Flacco seasons. in like the divisional round. Yes. <clears throat> this is going to be much like Peyton Manning. Now, it can be up for debate as to whether or not Russell Wilson is a caliber of quarterback long-term at the end of their career as Peyton Manning. But I think we can see him come in and throw 45, 50 touchdowns, approach 5,000 yards, minimal interceptions. Like, this is an offense. a lot of touchdowns, bud. Dude, Manning threw 55 that season. Did he really throw 55 touchdowns? He threw 55 touchdowns that season. He threw for over 5,000 yards. They were both single season records at the time. Um, I'm telling you that Russell Wilson can come here and at altitude have that kind of season. The ball flies. He's going to be able to throw it farther. He's going to be able to air it out more to guys like Corton Sutton and Jerry Judy. This is science. He's going to have a career year. and he's This Broncos team is going to be almost unstoppable coming out of a very difficult division. Well, Nate, I do agree with you on this one. My headline is also Colorado high on the Broncos. I'm right there with you. Plus 1,800. I think that's still some value there. A little bit higher, better odds earlier in the summer. Um, but right now as they sit, it's pretty good. I like them against the Bucks. In, in the Super Bowl to make it to the Super Bowl. The Broncos have plus 900 odds to come out of the AFC. So I like that. I think that's a pretty, pretty nice bet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a slim, slim odds for the Bucks to make it out of the NFC plus 330. So I might be, you know, as much as I think the Bucks could make it out of the NFC, and I think they're the favorite to, um, I, you know, they're still the Rams, they're still the Packers. So mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't bet that quite yet, but. I definitely will take these long odds on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl as well as to get out of the AFC. Scott, who is your Super Bowl prediction here? So I'm not quite as high on just Russell Wilson comes in and just automatically has a career year, takes the Broncos rolling through the Super Bowl. Um, Cause I've seen Russell Wilson over the last, and I just, I'm not saying that he's done. I just, I don't think he's going to come in and throw for 45 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. I don't think that's going to happen with how much they run it. And the re- another reason why I, I don't really pick the Broncos is because it's going to be really, really tough for them to, let's say, get a first round buy in that division. And that first round buy is such a huge part of, of making it far in the playoffs. And I think a team that has a very good chance to get a first round buy is my AFC representative. And that's the Buffalo bills. Uh, my headline for this is the ghost of Scott Norwood is finally put to rest. <laughs> I think this is the year I watched that Super Bowl. I watched that and I was rooting for the Bills. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is the year that the Bills finally get their trophy. Um, as far as the NFC goes, you know, I, I'm going with a little bit of a dark horse here. Not the, not the highest odds. Um, and if this does happen, their fan base will be absolutely insufferable. But yes, it's sir. the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Please um, no. I was I was bouncing back and forth between the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers because I'm a Trey Lance believer. I think he's going to take the next step this year, and I think they're going to be tough to beat. By the way, my headline for if I pick the Niners, I just have to say it because it's so bad. If it was Bills Niners, it was going to be if where there's a Bill, there's a Trey. Okay. Okay. Cool. I just had to get that out. Anyway. Um, I'm going, I, you know, I don't, the NFC, I think is, is more wide open. Um, you know, I, I, the Rams are strong. The Bucks are strong, just like years past. 
Packers lost a big weapon, but they have a really good defense. So, I mean, all those teams will be right there, but I'm going to, I'm going with the dark horse pick. I'm going with the Eagles. I like that, Scott, honestly. And their odds to get to the Super Bowl, I I don't have them in front of me, but they were very generous too, I thought. So that's one that I might even be putting, you know, just a little sprinkle on, probably not a full unit of of my betting carousel, but uh, definitely a little sprinkle on the Eagles to make out of the NFC. I do like that one. I think Jalen Hurts will take that next step as well, Scott. You guys are crazy, but okay. Next crazy is is Russell Crown for 45 and 5. Thousand. We're all a little bit crazy. It's what makes this show fun, heavy, guys. On a run heavy team. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We always we always debate things. It's great. So moving forward here, I do want to talk about the NFL MVP. Uh it has been, you know, really an award for quarterbacks the last couple of years here. And I'm gonna go with for my headline. Don't fix what ain't broke, but maybe try Iowasa. Aaron Rodgers plus one thousand, baby. I just think Rodgers is going to get it done. He's a talented quarterback. He had a great offseason getting away from the game a little bit. Um, and now the votes are going to be more in his favor than ever. He doesn't have Devontae Adams. So if Rodgers can go out there and have a similar season or you know at least 95% of what he's had the last two years, there's a good shot he's winning this award. And I think at plus 1,000 behind a lot of other people, that's some good odds that I'm willing to invest in. Yeah, I think – I think honestly, any given year, you could take the MVP trophy and you at the start of the season, you could put two names in it, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and it's yep. theirs to lose. I just think that's the way it is. I um so but I, I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, especially if he if he's lost Devontae Adams and he still takes them deep into the playoffs, you know, why you know, why wouldn't he get the MVP? Yep. Um my particular mm-hmm. MVP is a you know, it's a youngster, relatively speaking, but it's Justin Herbert. And my headline for this is Herbie Goes Bananas, which is not a unique or original headline with Justin Herbert, but I think it fits this year. Um, I think he's going to go nuts this year. He already basically went nuts last year. Um, mm-hmm. But with the, with, the, with the weapons he has, the healthy offense he has, the defense is pretty good, but not good enough to stop some of those high-flying, high-scoring yes, games in the AFC Correct. West. Um, so I think, I think he, he nudges out the veterans this year and takes home that, that MVP. That wouldn't be that surprising to me as someone who obviously is an AFC West fan, uh, has watched Justin Herbert. I think that defense is better than you're giving it credit for. I think we're going to be surprised down the line, how good they actually are with Bosa. Uh, they got JC Jackson. I'm interested to see what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think this could be a much improved defense and I don't think we're giving them enough credit. That said, I'm picking Russell Wilson because, again, if I think the dude's going to come out and throw 45 touchdowns and throw for almost 5,000 yards, I kind of have to pick him as my MVP candidate. Uh, Plus 1,400 right now, I mean, that's a pretty solid money line. You can make some money with an inexpensive bet. You can put three, four, five bucks on it, feel good about your return. If you've got more cash, it's an even better bet if you're willing to lose it. My headline is Russ Cooks Up MVP in Denver. Okay. Okay. So. Nate, I like it personally just because I have so much invested in Russell Wilson across a lot of teams. I've actually kind of been reaching a little bit more for him than I would a normal quarterback, but I definitely do see a very high caliber year for him. Not quite the the Peyton Manning of, of what was that, 2014, 2015 maybe, um, but it, I still think it's going to be a really good year for Russell Wilson. So I will back you there. Um 
And let's go ahead and move forward to our next award here, guys. The Comeback Player of the Year. This is a really fun one. Um, and, I mean, it's always one that this is like we don't know who this is going to go to. Sometimes it is a quarterback award. A lot of people are liking Mitch, Mitch Trubisky for this. Um, but, Scott, who are you going with for the Comeback Player of the Year for 2022? So for this one also, I'm not going with a super obvious name, but I think it's somebody who could very well – win this award. And that's Robert Woods, wide receiver, Tennessee Titans. Um, he was off to a strong start last year. I mean, obviously Cooper cup did what he did, but I mean, if you look at what, if you look at what Robert Woods was doing before he tore his ACL, it was, it was solid. And I think he still has that in them, in him. And it was mid season. So I think he's fully healthy from that, from that injury. And as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's going to start out the year as the tenant as the Titans, number one wide receiver. I mean, Traylon Burks, very talented receiver, but I think Robert Woods is the veteran savvy route runner first, you know, guy that picks up first downs, good third down receiver. I think that, I think Tannehill is going to favor, favor Robert Woods. And if he stays healthy all year, I think he could, you know, he could still put up, you know, hundred plus targets, thousand plus yards. I don't know, six, seven, eight touchdowns and, and take home comeback player of the year. Plus, he was my all-in last year preseason, so I want to tie this in a nice. I want to tie this in a nice little bow. <laughs> Storylines <laughs> for Scott that he's hoping for. Robert Woods, <laughs> hey, plus five thousand, man. That's some really good odds on him. So yeah, it is. If you are a little confident in him, that might not be a bad one to sprinkle on. But Nate, you are taking one of the favorites for this award. Why don't you take it away with your headline? So my headline is "Football Jesus Returns." Can you guess who I'm talking about? It's Christian not, McCaffrey. Not Tim Tebow, right? <laughs> not Tim Tebow. No, not Tim Tebow. Not Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh, Nick Jones does have him as his overall tight end two for the 2022 season. So let's just note that. Christian McCaffrey, look, if he can come back and play a full season, we know exactly what we're probably going to get. We're going to get 1,000-plus yards rushing. We're going to get 1,000-plus yards receiving. We're going to get 20-something touchdowns because when he is on the field, he is the best player on the field in any game doesn't matter who they're playing doesn't matter if he stays on the field it's an e it's easy that's why he's the favorite but robert woods like i could see that i could see that too derrick well, henry the is actually the, the the odds on favorite i think at plus 550 but cmc i think is top but, three in odds so okay so but here's my question should derrick henry qualify though that's what i was thinking too he actually. didn't he only missed what five games yeah, games? I, I also he don't. He doesn't. He can't possibly. Qualify. No, he missed like ten games. No, I think it was eight. I think he missed nine. I think he played eight games. I know he played eight. So I think he was out nine yeah, games. I think he, came I think back he played the, eight, so he missed more than half the season. Still, but then though, he came back and I played mean, in the playoffs. If you bring that, I mean, Robert Woods didn't play that many fewer games than Derrick Henry. So I mean, that's true. Well, that's true. I will I will put put someone out there who played more games than both of those players, and that is. We are trusting the Giants. Saquon Barkley plus 1,600. And this isn't just a story of injury. Of course, Saquon was banged up in 2019. He was banged up in 2020 again. Missed that whole season pretty much with the ACL tear. But he was back last season, and he just didn't perform. However, I think if there's one guy who can correct this ship here in New York, it's Brian Dable. I think Saquon is going to be the spark plug to this offense. He's going to be the guy to open things up for him. I think Dable knows what he has in Saquon. Saquon's contract's getting up there, so I think if they're going to use the crap out of him, it's going to be this season. Um, so I'm in on Saquon Barkley. The only thing holding me back on this bet a little bit is how good are the Giants really going to be because 
you know, Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. He's not good. Yeah, I see. I love both your picks. And honestly, CMC would have been my pick, but I wanted to not double up. But mm-hmm. it's kind of insane that honestly that we have two two players of Barkley and CMC's ca- caliber. If they both stay healthy, it's going to be interesting to see. You know what I mean? Who potentially gets the comeback player? Because, and I, I'll tell you, I've uh, I've got these two stacked on probably three or four teams. Well, keep uh, in mind these are the 2018 RB one and RB two in finishing too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, these were the studs just a couple years ago, and obviously, I, I don't think that it's a Todd Gurley situation where we see them out of the out of the league in a couple years. But they have a lot to prove, man. Both of them That's in their own respect. Prove. Uh, McCaffrey got paid and he hasn't lived up to that contract due to injury and Saquon he's playing for his next contract now. So uh, it all begins here real shortly, but let's go ahead and round this out guys with our uh, discussion of offensive rookie of the year. And it is no, no, uh, I don't think it's any secret who I'm going to go with here. And that is Brees Hall. This should be a Brees plus 1000 for Brees Hall and, you know, I, I think there's one other guy that Scott's probably going to highlight here coming up that I think could win this. I just think Brees Hall, I haven't been I haven't been enough places that I've invested heavily enough to, to the point where I believe in him. I, and, you know, Michael Carter's a solid back, but I think the circumstances are, you know, easy enough for Brees Hall, a high caliber player like him who's had so many touchdowns over the last couple of years um, at a good school, faced high competition. I think he's going to make the Jets frisky, in my opinion, and win this award. And I'm with you. I think he's going to win the award because I think he's going to be the most used of the offensive rookies that we're going to see. And he's probably going to have the best stats. I think you were looking at more of a Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon situation last year than anybody's really realizing. Because I think we all thought that Javante Williams was going to be the bell cow in Denver. And here comes Melvin uh, Gordon going fifty fifty, and, and I think Brees Hall will. I think Brees Hall will get more, and we're probably looking at like a 65-35 split here. Kevin Coleman's out of the way now too, so I'm even more confident in him. I, I, but I, I think, think that sixty five percent is enough for Brees Hall to eclipse a thousand yards, have seven to ten touchdowns. And do enough to where we look at the end of the season, like that was successful for Brees Hall. So and this team isn't going to have much of the outside of its run game. I, I put I put out there that you know looking back at the Jets' offensive running attempts the last couple of years, they've you know they fed Le'Veon Bell over 300 carries. They they fed or fed mm-hmm. Frank Gore over 200 carries in his final season. So they've been feeding you you know. Guys like that who are old, Bilal Powell, who's a jag, they've been feeding all these guys. Now they finally have Brees Hall, a young, dynamic running back in there. I'm not worried about Michael Carter. I'm firing up Brees Hall here in week one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride him the whole way to fantasy football championships this year. I'm confident in that. Scott, I uh, would love to hear your opinion on me hyping up Brees Hall and who your offensive rookie of the year is as first, well. First of all, yeah, I think Brees Hall has has a – just as good of a path to rookie of the year as any. And again, it's because I think he's going to get the volume. You know, there's been that typical late preseason. It almost seems like we grasp for negative stuff on some of these guys. Um, but, and Nate said it, I, in my projections, which I just finished finally, woohoo, um, I have it at about a 60 40 split, but that's still 1,200 scrimmage yards for Brees, um, you know, about eight or nine touchdowns and, right around RB 16. That's where I have Brees. 
So, I mean, I think if a rookie puts up that type of type of season, then, I mean, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to be the top rookie fantasy point scorer in the running back group this year. Um, so it'll just depend on whether or not that goes to the top running back or potentially wide receiver. I'm going with the wide receiver. Again, I wanted to spice it up and put some different different players in here. And I'm going with one of my favorite rookie flyers, uh, and that's George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know their quarterback situation is not ideal, but I've liked Pickens since long before when I very first started studying rookies at the start of the offseason. Pickens jumped out to me. And, you know, he fell a bit because of the timing of his injury. He's also a little bit, he's got some, you know, some maturity, some maturity issues as well. But I think he could, you know, he's arguably one of the more talented receivers to come out of this class. And I think he, he, he marches into Pittsburgh and is immediately a starter. Um, I think he showed that in the preseason. He plays with physicality and he just plays with a, with a touch and a, and a talent that just, it's, it's, you don't see it very often. So yep. I really don't care who the quarterback is in Pittsburgh. If it's Trubisky all season, if Trubisky gives way to Pickett, it's never going to be Mason Rudolph. I don't really care. Um, I think Pickens, Pickens could be the top scoring rookie wide receiver. Well, and something to keep in mind too, Chase Claypool has been banged up almost the entire preseason. So Pickens has gotten a lot of valuable reps with that number one team. Scott, I love it here. I, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I, I have already not – bet George Pickens. I know I also said I'm in on Brees Hall winning this award, but I think it's going to be one of these two here. Um, well, something it, real quick to something I read recently is they they're the Pittsburgh could very well put Claypool in the slot. He's a big slot guy. He's like a juju size slot guy, but they could put him in the slot and it's Pickens and Deontay in two wide receiver sets. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to what, what GP can do. All the reports about this kid is that he is a dog. So I think he's going to continue to be, a dog, and uh, I like this bet a lot here, Scott. I've been reaching for Pickens in, in my drafts this week. I've had a couple of drafts today. I think I reached as high as a, the eighth or ninth round for him just because, I mean, we have to adjust here, and I think Pickens is a great example of adjusting to maybe it's off-season hype, maybe it's preseason hype, but uh, to me it sounds like glowing reports. I've seen it in games, and I think we're going to see in the regular season as well. So, guys, let's go ahead. We're going to talk waiver wires and some free agent fines here in In the Scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. All right. In the Scope. This is our waivers a week early section. And we also have an article coming out about this tomorrow on the website as well. If you want to check out more in-depth um, knowledge of what we're thinking about with these in-the-scope candidates here. First, I want to go through some of the consensus pickups that waivers are running tonight. If you're watching live, you, you can probably grab them for a very little to no fab. These guys still. Um, but these are kind of the consensus ads out there. Um, Rex Burkhead for the Houston Texans, no Marlon Mack. He's rostering 15.8% of ESPN leagues. Mike Davis. Uh, he is another one that people are getting hot on right now. Running back for the Baltimore Ravens, 10.2% rostered in ESPN leagues. He could see some work this week. No Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins. We're not sure on quite yet. Isaiah McKenzie back at, at, uh, at Bill's training camp or excuse me, uh, uh, I guess what what is what is it now? What do I call it now? Facility? Uh, I, I don't even know. Team what, facilities? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't even like. I don't, I don't, like 
team headquarters, team facilities. Yeah, I mean, team like, practice field, whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. We, we know, we know. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, he's back with the Bills, though. He's healthy, 14.5% rostered. He's going to be the starting slot receiver for the Bills here in week one. Uh, it looks like Jameson Crowder is going to take a back seat to McKenzie. He could be very, very appealing. Um, we've seen Cole Beasley do great things in this role, and McKenzie looks like he's a more explosive player at this point in his career. And then this is a pivot that I want to talk about earlier, and I didn't really get the chance to. That's A.J. Green. For the Cardinals, 9.9% rostered. And why I think we need to pay attention to A.J. Green this week. Why I think you should go right now, put in, don't, you probably don't need to use any fab on him, honestly, or your priority. But at the end of the day, this is going to be the one of the most shootout games of the weekend here. You look at the over-under lines Vegas has set. Uh, Chiefs and Cardinals are set to go off here um, in Glendale. 9 per 9.9% rostered though. And this is a team without Deandre Hopkins. So I think if you need someone who could come down with a touchdown, it could be AJ green. We don't know if Rondale's healthy too. Rondale's kind of been battling something a little bit. So I think if you have an Alan Lazard situation, if you have a Chris Godwin situation that you're not sure of, and you just need a one week play, I don't think AJ Green's going to be relevant the rest of the season, but if you need a one week guy, it might be AJ green, the grizzled veteran baby. Well, and keep in mind also, I mean, Zach Ertz isn't a sure thing to play or be 100% with a calf issue he's had all all preseason. So their they're pass catchers could, could be depleted. I agree. I mean, again, hopefully you don't need an A.J. Green. Dart I might be rifting him out in a couple leagues. Over, like, well, again, but, you know, there's like, plenty of leagues where you have, a, you know, two or three flexes. You know what I mean? And if you're yeah. looking at, like, A.J. Green or some other, you know, wide receiver 3-4, you might have more upside in that in that environment in that game. Agreed, agreed. So, guys, let's go ahead. Let's break out our in the scope candidates here. Um, let's talk about who we're thinking that tomorrow after waivers run, you can go and pick up on the cheap here. Nate, why don't you go ahead first with yours? So, I really never saw this happening in my life. Things change, life gets weird. I'm going to tell you about Kenyon Drake. He was released by Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, caught on with Baltimore. It was notable because they released Tyler Batty to make room for him. Um, Gus Edwards is on the pup list. As you just mentioned, J.K. Dobbins hasn't looked 100%. You've got two marquee running backs coming off of major knee injuries and major repair surgeries in a really heavy running offense. So you go out and you get Kenyon Drake. I feel like Kenyon Drake, probably for the first four to five weeks of the season, is going to be a fairly relevant running back. This is a team that threw more than 45 or more than 50 or ran the ball more than 55% of the time in 2020 when Jackson was healthy for the entire season. They're going to be similar. Kenyon Drake, just on volume alone in this offense, should at least be relevant enough to be a cheap waiver wire pickup. I don't know that anybody, everybody else is on Mike Davis. I don't think it's Mike Davis. I mean, Mike Davis couldn't beat out Cordell Patterson. Mike Davis has been there all offseason, though. I think that's I think that's the, the difference is why maybe people are gravitating towards him. Sure, and I get you that. You just like Kenyon Drake more than Davis because he's a more talented player, in your opinion? He's a more talented runner. He's got less miles on him. He's going to be more durable in that offense. And he's a little bit more dynamic. I mean, we know he's key. We know he's a talented pass-catching back. 
maybe he gets a little bit more involved in that aspect as well, something they haven't necessarily had in this offense because, I mean, Dobbins and Edwards aren't great pass catchers. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think he's the guy who – I don't think it's Mike Davis, though. I think the people are barking up the wrong tree with Davis. I think it's going to be Kenyon Drake. They wouldn't have gone out and signed him and let go of Batty if they were going to run with Mike Davis. doesn't make sense. Why so, spend the money? So I, I, I agree to the, for the most part. Um, I This is a scenario I could see playing out. Since we're, we're talking about beating the, beating the waiver wire, I think Drake's the one you want to get. I agree. Because I think week one, it is going to be Mike Davis, and I think Seth said it. <laughs> Kenyon Drake joined the team last week. Davis has been there all sure. year, all off season. And I've even heard from a few different people who I trust, even if Dobbins suits up and plays, Davis will probably still get the majority of the work because Dobbins isn't quite ready yet. However, what I see happening is Davis potentially having a pretty good game. I mean, they start out against the Jets, you know. They have a, they have a Jets pretty, can be frisky, pretty... buddy. Easy, easy. All right, all right. We'll see about <laughs> that. But No, but what I see potentially playing out is Mike Davis being one of those post-week one Oh my God, he scored a touchdown or two. Everybody spends all their fab on Mike Davis, but Kenyon Drake, I think, is you know, however long, let's you know, hypothetically, let's say Dobbins is out for a while. I know that's not the case, but I think after a couple of weeks, Drake takes over that role, and then once Dobbins is back, I think Drake's ahead of Mike Davis on the on the depth chart, and you know, they 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 hand it to more than just Dobbins. Um, so I think Drake is the more sneaky, better long term beat the waiver wire stash. However, I do think week one, I think Davis is a better play. Okay. I just worry. Here's my concern is that with Mike Davis, <clears throat> he's just not that efficient of a running back. He had a couple of good weeks in Carolina. But, I mean, honestly, if you're Greg Roman, don't you just run Lamar Jackson then? You don't risk Lamar's health this early in the well, season. I mean – I would just say, like me personally, I don't want to touch either. The freshest he's going to be all year. I don't want to touch. This would be the week to run him more. I made it very well known last year. I am not a Mike Davis fan at all. I had him. People were talking about him in Atlanta. Even then, I had him buried in my rankings. I just think if you're going to risk a Baltimore running back in week one specifically, I'd rather go with Davis just because Drake got there a week ago. That's the only – whether or not Davis will be effective, hopefully you're not in that scenario. Um, I'm hoping Davis goes off so my league mates will spend all their fab on him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with Scott here to close this argument out here. If I'm starting one of these running backs, hopefully I do not have to start a Baltimore running well, back. Yeah, this week, obviously. Whether yes. it's J.K. Dobbins, uh, Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake. But I, I also do agree in the fact that I think long-term Drake could be a guy in this backfield. I mean, we saw Devonta Freeman. He was a guy we, uh, you know, continued to ride last season. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, in, in his older years. So I, I think Kenyon Drake at this point is probably just as, as good of a player as Devonta Freeman was last season, if not better. So I agree with you there. Um, I would like to keep it here for my in-the-scope target. Also a member of the Baltimore Ravens here. And we've talked about him a couple times on this show. He was kind of the preseason hero um, for DFS lineups, betting, whatever you guys were doing this uh, preseason. And and that's Isaiah Likely. Right now, Likely is likely uh, projected to be the third receiving option in Baltimore. The Athletics' Jeff Zebrick wrote that he believes that Likely is the, quote, closest thing to an answer that the Ravens have as a third receiving option. This is the same guy who went 12 for 12 during the preseason for 144 and one. And I know like, like the whole argument for not wanting likely is one Mark Andrews there. Obviously we've kind of talked about this in the past. 
Ravens do run more three tight end mm-hmm. sets out of 22 personnel than any other team. And also, like last season, Rashad Bateman still, he was a third option. And and not that likely is Rashad Bateman, but Bateman had six of his 12 games with double-digit fantasy points last season. So if you can get, you know, seven, eight games of double-digit fantasy points from Isaiah Likely in your tight end position this year, I think it's worth a risk. At least pick him up right now, hold on to him for week one. If he doesn't do anything, cut bait with him. By then we could see like a Dallas Goddard situation here where he still has a relevant year under one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah, so I, I like Likely. Um, he's absolutely free in redraft. Um, and the only thing is, I mean, you know, it's tough to carry two tight ends this early in the season. So I'm only doing this if I waited on tight end, you know, and I just have I just have a, a whoever at tight end, you know, like somebody in the tight end 15 to 20 range, that's my tight mm-hmm. end one, or tight end 12 to 20 range. You know what I mean? If I've got a locked and loaded tight end starter, I'm likely not, I'm not going to utilize a bench spot resource on a tight end. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely understand that Scott. I, I guess I have him rostered a couple places where I do have a surefire tight end. I think it's just the fact that week one comes out here, maybe a tight end gets banged up and there's going to be a tight end needy team here soon. So whether that's you trading your, your locked and loaded tight end and riding likely this season or vice versa, trading likely when his when his value hits that peak. We've seen wide receivers, we've seen tight ends go off in week one for the Ravens multiple times. So I'm holding my breath. I I think likely could be a guy here, but Scott, I do understand not wanting to hold, hold two tight ends this early in the season. And I just have one request to the Twitter sphere: the uh, asking a question where a number is the answer and showing likely and his jersey number. <laughs> as a picture that's enough i think it was funny i liked it actually. i think it's funny too but it's it's been done so many times that's all i'm saying sorry i don't mean to i don't mean to be a debbie Dunner. all good no all good a little pet peeve i do i post stupid crap all the time so what 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 could i'm not one to talk nate any any final thoughts on likely here we've kind of talked about him quite a bit this preseason already i mean i like the talent i just don't i I can't justify rostering him right now. Like I've got my tight ends in my leagues and I feel like if he does pop off, he's going to be around in week two or week three. Cause it probably won't, won't be week one. I mean, it's hard to be excited about anything outside of Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, honestly, in this offense, just because they're going to be such a run heavy team. Mm-hmm. Likely could pop off though. It could happen. I just, I'm not spending the capital on him now to get him. If other okay. people are excited about him, they can happen. Well, Scott, why don't you bring us home with your in-the-scope target here for week one? A reminder, guys, we've hit some really good ones in the past. We've had Miles Gaskin back in 2020 when he went off. Way back when we uh, when we first started, actually, it wasn't even this podcast. It was the Bottom Line Fantasy, the, the kind of this podcast predecessor. Um, and I called George Kittle that year. So this is kind of a segment near and dear to my heart. Scott, can you do it some well um, with your week yes. one target here? So I'm going to I'm going to insert a headline in here, even though we don't do that, because um, I sent out a tweet earlier about this, and so the headline is there is still a Pierce that is a very good value, but it ain't Damian, um, and I'm talking about Alec Pierce, the second round wide receiver drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. So this is somebody I didn't really I wasn't really 
too high on him as the offseason wore on, as the draft wore on. But but lately, I've looked a little bit farther into it. I mean, you know, he his his combine measurements speak for themselves. You know, much like Christian Watson, is that right? Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he he had the top relative athletic yep. score. He had the top vertical jump in this in this draft class, and he was the four point four one forty time, and he's six three two hundred and ten. So he's a big, fast, explosive receiver. He just, much like the Green Bay Packers rookie, might be a little bit raw. However, he has a much, even though his his advanced metrics uh, across his college statistics, they don't jump off the page at you, but there are more of them than with Christian Watson. So I think he's a little bit more ready for the NFL. Um, and I that that wide receiver two, opposite of Michael Pittman Jr., in Indianapolis is wide open right now. I think Paris Campbell, I like the talent with Paris Campbell, but I think he'll be more of a slot guy and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think Alec Pierce, he's just sitting there. He's like 15% owned. He's a rookie. He's got second round draft capital. Like they spent a second round pick on him. And like I said, tall, fast, you know, Matt Ryan's a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz with that offense, you know, uh, Marcus Bradley, the, the, the offensive coordinator, they were pretty close to a 50, 50 split run pass. So they are a fairly run-heavy team. I think that skews a little bit more towards passing with a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. But we're not. I'm not talking about a league winner here. I'm talking about a guy, get him now, because I think he could easily score a touchdown in week one. Um, and the Colts, have, the Colts have one of the best, according to the preseason fantasy matchup stuff I spent the last month on, Colts have one of the best um, schedules for fantasy wide receivers. We, well, in the first month, keep- they're, they're top two over the course of the season – they're top four as far as, you know, average projected points given up to fantasy receivers. So I just think he's a guy, get him now while you can. He's got that spot. And I, I agree with Scott. Like he might be someone worth throwing in a DFS lineup this week as well, throwing in an anytime touchdown score. They are playing the Houston Texans here Houston, in week one. Texans, yep. Texans don't have a great secondary. They did add Derek Stingley Jr. Um, however, Stingley Jr. has not played a lot of football the last couple of years, despite being a top 10 NFL pick. So uh, Derek Stingley Jr., he could change the, the, the face of the Texans secondary. But right now in week one, I like Alex Pierce. I, I think Alex Pierce could be a sneaky play this week and a guy moving forward. Scott, I really well, like I think, this pick for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's a guy to pick up as a beat the waiver. And then, I mean, five of their first seven games are against Jacksonville, Houston, and Tennessee. Obviously, those teams are in their division. Yes, sir. They all, yes, sir. They all also happen to be pretty poor against receivers, fantasy-wise. At least, at least that's what I'm projecting. Yes, so sir. I just think he's, and I mean, I just think he gets overlooked. Second round draft capital is not something to overlook. Um, so I just need to see if I'm going to practice what I preach with my teams. <laughs> yep. Guys, we will be back on Friday, Nate and I, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. That is our second show of the week, brand new. We want to bring you guys more content, more fantasy football advice this year. Until then, we have a game on Thursday. Nate, Scott, any general advice as we head into Thursday's game? And mine would be, one, like just the simple, if you have people playing on Thursday night, get them out of your flex spot. And second, just enjoy the night. I mean, I know I'm going to have betting implications on this. I'm going to have fantasy implications, probably some DFS implications on Thursday night's game. But let's just enjoy it. Let's remember we have waited so long for football to be back. And it's back, baby. Yeah, just have – dude, 
Football is back. Sit down. Enjoy the game. Don't check your phone. Don't look at your fantasy lineups. You're not going to... Just watch the Bills and the Rams play. They're going to put up like 50 points apiece. It's going to be like that Rams-Chiefs game. Ridiculous. Like Whoever scores the last touchdown. So just... I'm just... Dude, I'm going to sit on the couch with the beer. I'm going to love it. Yeah, I mean... As we as we should know by now, you're not going to win or lose your week or your season on week one Thursday night. Yeah. So I I I'm speaking from personal experience. I for a long time in fantasy football am glued to every tenth of a point my team scores. I can't do that anymore because I'm in you know too many leagues <laughs> to, right. be, to be able to do that. <laughs> but um, I really worked especially the Thursday night games. Just enjoy the game. Um, we've all been craving football. You know, a lot of people got some of their fix in the preseason. I personally did not. So I am very, very much looking forward to Thursday night. I am absolutely jacked up for this season, fellas. Um, if, again, if this is you guys' first time over here at the In Between Media YouTube channel, we have content like this coming out seven days a week between here and our website, inbetweenmedia.com. Please hit that subscribe button. Keep up to date with what we have coming your way this season. Nate and I will be back at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Friday afternoon. We're going to talk Thursday night football. We're going to talk start sits heading into the weekend. And then Sunday morning, I'll be back here with Connor Coughlin. We're going to be talking betting, DFS, and everything in between. But until then, guys, keep it in between, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice.